our vision is to reach, to impact and enable people to discover their purpose. This is our vision as people's church. We want to reach out to the unchurched. We want to reach out to the lost. But in doing that or in translating our vision into action, each and every year we coined a theme. And for this year, our theme is the new dawn. And as leadership of this church, we are saying we do not enter this year without a focus, without a plan, without an intention. We are saying this year we wish to ask God that God should give us a new beginning. Therefore, our theme, a new dawn. Charles Spurgeon, I told the leaders yesterday, he says, a mist in the pulpit creates a fog in the pews. When there is a mist coming from the platform, when the leadership of the church is not clear in what we stand for this particular year, it will be foggy in our pews. And it's very important for us as the church to cast vision beginning of the year. George Banner who says 95% of America's pastors have not cast vision for their churches in such a way that the majority of the congregants have bought into that vision. He says, I mean he does research, he does empirical scientific study on tendencies in the church in America. 95% of pastors in America, they have not adequately cast vision to the congregants. In other words, people are coming and out of the church without knowing what are we buying into? What is the vision of the church? What do we stand for as the church? Therefore, as people's church beginning of this year, we do not want to be like that. We want the church collectively to know what we are going to do this year. Solomon in Proverbs 29 verse 18, the New King James Version, he says, where there is no vision, the people perish. In the, in the Message Bible, it says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are the most blessed. If we do not know what our vision is, as the Message Bible says, we are going to stumble all over ourselves. But when we know our vision, what we stand for, we are the most blessed people. Let me say up front that as we cast our vision 2023, 
It should be cascaded into our lives and families and other aspects of our lives. Shiv Kira says, vision is the ability to see the invisible. If you can see the invisible, you can achieve the impossible. Praise the name of the Lord. Vision is a mental picture. We want to see the invisible. There are things that are invisible. And God wants us to open our spiritual eyes to see those things. And Stanley says, vision is a picture of the future that produces passion. It is impossible for us not to have passion if we know what we stand for. If we know where we are going, we are going to be passionate. Jack Swindle says, when you have vision, it affects your attitude. Your attitude becomes optimistic rather than pessimistic. When you know what is God's perspective about your life or about our church, it is impossible to be pessimistic. You are always optimistic when you know what vision is. Lastly, George Washington Carver says, where there is no vision, there is no hope. In other words, when we know, when we have our vision, we have hope. But what is vision? What, what are we talking about here? When we say we are casting vision, we are saying as people's church, this is our vision 2023. What is vision? We know very well, I think it was in 1992, when Bill Clinton was standing against George Bush. In his electioneering, Bill Clinton used the phrase, I have a vision for the American people. And many people believe that that is what made him to win the election. Because he showed the American people, this is where as a nation we are heading to. What is vision? Whose vision is that? George Banner defines vision as a clear mental picture. In other words, you should be very clear in your mind. It's a clear, concise mental picture. Of a preferable future. In other words, this year we enter 2023 with a preferable future. And this preferable future is not imparted to the church by the pastors. It is imparted to the church, to his people by God. It is based on an accurate understanding of God, self, themselves, and circumstances. In other words, what we are saying, what we are doing this morning, it is incumbent upon us to know what is God's perspective about our lives. What is God's vision? It is not my vision. It is not the oversight vision. It is God's vision. In other words, as the church this year, we are saying we should do something. 
what is God's will about us. As it has been unveiled to you, our theme for this year is a new dawn. These are some of the options we had which articulate the same sentiment. A new season, a new thing, a fresh start, a new beginning, a start of a new thrust. In other words, we believe that God in your life is going to do a new thing. We believe now, mind you, it is not my vision. It is God's perspective. A new dawn. It's about to become a portion of your life. We are saying as people's church, this is our prayer this year. We will never remain the same. There's a new dawn coming upon us. And this theme it's taken from Isaiah 43, verse 19. But it will be good for us to read it from verse 16. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and horses, the army and their power, they shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Verse 18. Do not remember the former things. Nor consider the old, the things of old. Our theme verse. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now my task this morning is not to preach. There are smart preachers of this month and John is one of them. They are going to unravel this text. I can see the anointing on their faces as they're going to preach to us. Now, my, my, my task this morning is just to introduce to you, to give you a textual introduction of what the prophet Isaiah is saying to us today as the church. Now, we read from verse 16. Now, when you take verse 16 and verse 17. We read popular images in the Old Testament or in the book of Exodus. God says, I who made a way in the desert, the one who made a path through the mighty waters, there is a mention of chariots and horses. The fact that they were extinguished. So 
these images, we know very well that they are referring to the Exodus. God is saying in verses 16 and 17, I am the one who makes a way or who made a way in the desert. I am the one who opened the mighty waters, reference to the Red Sea. The chariots and the horses were extinguished. We remember when the children of Israel were stuck between the two mountains in Pihoroth. Behind them, Pharaoh and his armies were pursuing them. In front, there was the sea. And Moses prayed to God. Exodus 14, verse 14. Moses says, The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. So, in our theme verse this morning, God is reminding the Israelites of what he has done for them. The Exodus is one of the main events in the Old Testament. It even became the formula, part of the formula that is expressing the omnipotence of God. The fact that God is almighty. The God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob who delivered you from Egypt. So the exodus, the fact that the Israelites were delivered from Egypt. God is saying to them, I am the same God. I have not changed. But you know what surprises me? Is in verse 18. I'm happy I'm not an Old Testament scholar. I'm a New Testament person. I deal with a small book. Not the big 39 books. I don't understand when God says. I have done this. I have. Made a way where there was no way. I've opened the mighty waters. I have extinguished the chariots and the soldiers. But in verse 18, he says, Do not remember the former things. In other words, it, it is a direct reference to verses 16 and 17. But God says, No, even if I have done those things, do not remember the former things. Do not dwell on them. Now, how do we understand this? Because it has a bearing to our theme 2023. 
two ways to understand or interpret this. Number one, God is saying, do not dwell on the past. In other words, Israel, at this time, you are in exile. You are in Babylon because of your sins, because of your failures, because of your disobedience. And God sees that these people, although I have done all these things, but they are still stuck in their past mistakes, their past sins, discouragement, and failures. And I believe this is what God is saying today as we unveil our theme. They are Christians who are living in the past. Your past mistakes, your past failures, your past discouragements. God is saying to Islam, do not remember the former things. Do not dwell on your past. There are many of us who are haunted by things which we have done in the past. But God, as we unveil our theme 2023, do not dwell on your past. Marian Williamson says, the past doesn't determine your future unless you carry it with you into the present. Forgiving yourself and others will free the universe to begin again at a moment. There could be people who are here today who have done something maybe as long as um, five years today but it is still uh, impacting your life today you become unproductive especially when you think about what uh, you did you look at yourself your self-image is affected the word of God is saying to you today, do not dwell on the past. Do not remember the former things. Refuse to have your past determining your future and your destiny. Craig Crochelle wrote a book, The Christian Atheist. What a contrast. The Christian atheist. In this book, he is addressing Christians who believe in God, who have accepted Christ. But he says, they live their lives as though God does not exist. And he says, in this book that they live, especially those who are living in the past. They live as though there is no power in the blood of Jesus. They live as though Jesus did not wipe our sins, our transgressions, our iniquities. There is power in the 
blood of Jesus. There is power in the accomplished work. You cannot continue carry your sins. If a man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All the past has been wiped away from you. Church, let us leave as Christians believing in God and accepting what God has done for us on the cross. Don't dwell on your past. Your past has been forgiven. Your past has been dealt with. I believe I'm talking to somebody today. There's a new dawn that is coming upon your life. The past will be broken. Your past shackles, your past prison has been opened so that you can live your life to the fullest. The second interpret the first interpretation is that Israel, do not dwell in the past. Do not live your life in the past. The second interpretation of verse 18. Do not remember the former things. Now, there is a contrast here. There is a contrast between the first exodus. It has been stated in verses 16 and 17. Which is the first exodus. But God is saying to the Israelites, I'm about to do something. That is even better than the first exodus. In other words, if I use my own words, the first exodus will seem like a Sunday school party. I will do something. I'm about to do something in your lives. The second exodus will be better than the first. We find this, historically, we find this in Ezra 1, verse 1 and 4. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of king Cyrus of Persia. The Lord stirs up the spirit of a patient king so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying thus says Cyrus king of Persia all the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me and he has commanded me to bring him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Let's not continue in the interest of time. But the second exodus is this. I'm going to do something that is even better than the first exodus. I'm going to stir up a king, a, 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 a heathen king. 
king Cyrus of Persia. He is saying, I am going to build a house for the Lord. In other words, Cyrus helped in rebuilding the city of Jerusalem, the walls of Jerusalem, even that temple. What does it say to us today? They are sources which we expect. This is what God is going to do. I'm a surprise. I have a surprise for you that God is about to bring a new dawn in your life. Your blessings, your breakthrough, your favor will come even from unexpected sources. I am Doing a new thing in your midst. Somebody shout the name of the Lord. This is the theme for 2023. A new Dawn will come, has come upon us. Let us read as the worship come to the front. Let us read verse 19 again. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Shall you not know it? The, the, the prophet is saying, none of us um, can afford uh, to miss uh, the new dawn, uh, the new beginning. Uh, don't you perceive it? Uh, it is my prayer today, this morning, in our lives. Uh, let none of us uh, miss uh, a new dawn uh, upon their lives, uh, upon their family, upon their career. A new dawn uh, is about to happen, a new beginning. It shall spring forth. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amos. Some believe he was even the contemporary of Isaiah. He gives us another version of what God is going to do. In Amos chapter 9 verse 13. I believe we can read to 15. But let's read only verse 13. He says, behold, the days are coming. For us, they are not coming. They are here with us. Says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, the treader of grapes, him who sows seed, the mountain shall drip with sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. Wait till I read it in the message Bible. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree, things are going to happen so fast. Your head will swim. Somebody shout the name of the Lord. Other versions are saying, your, your head is going to spin. You will not cope up with what God is promising. What God is going to, to, to do. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will happen at once. And everywhere you look, blessings, blessings, like you want pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people. 
people uh, praise uh, the name of the Lord. Uh, if I have uh, to talk about this verse, uh, is uh, two seasons uh, in one. Uh, there will be uh, two seasons uh, in one. Uh, and the prophet uh, is telling us there that uh, the plowman uh, will uh, overtake uh, the reaper. Somebody shout uh, the name of the Lord. Uh, we are used to one season at a time but we are going to experience two seasons in one season when the reaper the harvesters are gathering the harvest they will be overtaken by those who are plowing because they will be gathering blessings everywhere there is no way that we are going to keep up with what God is going to do in our midst. Somebody shout the name of the Lord. You know what? Maybe you write an exam already. You have a cum laude before you can write two seasons in one. Maybe you apply for a job. The Spirit of the Lord is telling you, yes, these are bad processes. The job is already yours. Praise the name of the Lord. People's church we may say maybe there are things that happened in the past there are things that we have done or failed to do god is saying let us not dwell on the past behold he is doing a new thing in our lives aren't you excited about what god is going to do in our midst god is doing a new thing let's stand on our feet these guys are going to sing a song and we're going to pray together